Yippee-I-O-K-Y, motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> and welcome to a new episode of Sophia's Choice, the Golden Girls podcast. So do you think that was a KY Jelly reference? It felt like that to I me. I so hope so. <laughs> I, I specifically pointed out to Nicole when I watched it. I was like, yeah. I assume that's what that was. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, too. It was solid either way. Mm-hmm. But um, but I am Alan, and uh, joined by the uh, Grand Marshal of the Benet Brith Rodeo for three years straight, Brent. Uh, and also I'm a also the Grand Marshal of the Brene Brown. Oh, are you? <laughs> <laughs> Did I say Brene instead of Bene? I don't know what oh, you said. Okay. I just thought of Brene Brown. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, and then we also have a a man who has never been accused of being the biggest weenie. Ski. <laughs> Hello, friends. <laughs> Not even the biggest weenie under this table. <laughs> <laughs> I like it when Ski really doesn't like a joke. Exactly. I will voice my displeasure. (laughs) With sound effects if needed. Uh Um, But today we're doing Season 5, Episode 14, Great Expectations. And with this one, it'll be Ski doing our recap today. Uh, Before we jump in, though, I do have a couple uh, listener interactions I'd like to mention. Fire away. We won't stop you. Yeah, (laughs) continue. Uh, we did get one from Mermaiden, a.k.a. Lisa. Yeah, hey, uh, hello, doing, Lisa. I'm doing well, apparently, or we're doing well, I guess. She said that we make her Mondays bearable. Nice. <laughs> so, we're nothing so at if least not tolerable. <laughs> right. Sufficient. She's well, doing sufficiently. I, I did say that I'm glad that, I hope they aren't too bad to begin with, but I'm glad we're part of the solution, not part of the problem. <laughs> so. You know, what if uh, we were around earlier when Garfield, you know, was being... Freshly made. Yeah. We might have loved Mondays. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We could have turned Garfield's whole week around. <laughs> <laughs> have a little podcast, a little lasagna. Mm-hmm. Could be, he could have been a different cat. But uh, we also got a couple messages from uh, Jennifer. Uh, she said that uh, an infant with the 103 fever must have been Lou Graham. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I just happened to mention that the, uh, the baby certainly was hot-blooded. Um, and she also said that uh, regarding the talk about the velocity with which the urine arced, this is the one where the baby, um, they were watching the baby, and <laughs> Dr. Harry Weston came over that episode. Okay, I remember and, that episode, yeah. And, and I think I was like, meh, I've seen better, <laughs> is what she referenced in that. And I just said that it takes a mighty stream of urine to impress me. Did you add that joke in post? No, it was in there. Okay, I, I don't remember. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're probably concentrating on your own joke. Quite possibly. <laughs> <laughs> the, the nice thing is that your, your laughs for yourself are so generous, they carry over onto mine as well. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> the income still laughing at what I said 20 minutes ago. Right. <laughs> it just happens to align with something you said. Right. <laughs> So uh, Stacy also had mentioned that uh, she'd stay, say as a relatively well-to-do podcast, we hit it out of the park. Nice. <laughs> so that was very nice. Are we relatively well-to-do? Uh, I think that out of the three of us, I am. Yeah, I think you are. And then uh, Jennifer also. <laughs> <laughs> you have your endowment, and I have mine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's why you've had three wives, because they're not satisfied with the endowment that they were given. <laughs> uh, to be fair, I wasn't happy with my dowry either. <laughs> that is fair. <laughs> and well played. Um, we, we did have uh, one other message from Jennifer that I wanted to mention. She was. We had talked about the uh, the poo yogurt oh, on yeah, one of yeah. the episodes. Yeah. And that Jamie Lee Curtis uses. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, 
And she said, which in case, uh, in case you didn't know how pooping worked, it shows the arrows pointing downward in the commercials. <laughs> so that you know. Um, and so how she, far would beg to differ? And she said that we're easily the best fifth-rate podcast out there. Oh, so, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I said that we appreciate commercials that seek not only to sell, but also to inform. Mm-hmm. And the more you know, and I put a little rainbow emoji yeah. after that. <laughs> I was proud of my response there. Yeah, but, as well you should be. So uh, that's the only uh, listener interactions I had to throw in this one, but we certainly love to hear from you. And absolutely. And would love to hear from anybody else who uh, hasn't reached out that would like a sticker. Yeah, absolutely. So, absolutely. Or just like a high five. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Electronically speaking. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Brent would be glad to drive over state lines to give a high five to a listener. <laughs> so. Yeah. With, if you're within the tri-state area mm-hmm. and it's on my way someplace else, <laughs> I'll stop and give you a high five. <laughs> <laughs> would you really? If you were driving, let's say you're, you know, we know that, uh, like Jennifer, for instance, lives in Missouri, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, if you were driving somewhere where you're going to be passing your Missouri, and she just asked you to go 10 minutes out of your way to drive by her place of employment to give her a high five, <laughs> would you be willing to do that? Sometimes I would have to, like, wait in the lobby for security to, like, take me through or whatever, you know? And odds are, you know, I'll have the family with me, so they right. need to be able to come in because I can't leave them in the car. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. She can get, like, a variety of high fives. Exactly. You know? <laughs> Make sure everybody washes their hands and all. Exactly. You, know, you don't want to spread germs. She wants me and my crew rolling in three deep to <laughs> give us a high five. That's fine. <laughs> well, I'll try to keep everybody abreast of Brent's travel plans. Yes, <laughs> you can jump in. In case it happens to overlap with the exactly. location. He, he gets down speaking. to Florida frequently because of the in-laws. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, do you two typically drive when you go to Florida? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, to. we're here in Indiana. If you're in states. Kentucky, Tennessee, mm-hmm. Alabama, perhaps. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, by all means, get your hands out the window. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe driving by. <laughs> exactly. But, uh, yeah, with that, um, um, that's all I had to add. So, Ski, whenever you're ready for the recap, you can take away. Me, 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 me. <laughs> <laughs> Season 5, episode 14. Did you have something, Brent? I just I'm hungry. Oh, okay. I have nothing to offer. I mean, <laughs> you ate your bread. I did. Oh, I threw part of it away. It was, it was kind of stale at that point. Yeah, yeah. It was the heel. Yep. Uh Episode title was I great. I made bread the other day. Oh, did you? Yeah, like from scratch. Oh, how did that turn out? It, it was good. It was good. Um, it was a little dry. Um, I think a little too much flour, not enough water, or something like wow. that. But yeah, it was good. I was uh, listening to another podcast, uh, one that's probably be a, a first-rate podcast yeah. in my estimation. Yeah. And uh, someone was talking about their uh, father, or like a listener was talking about their father, who apparently in his older age has gotten into making sourdough bread. Yeah. It, and it, apparently it's quite a process. It is. It is. Apparently it's been huge over the pandemic. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that's what started me because I got like a little sourdough kit, you know, uh, a proofing basket and everything. Mm, okay. And then I was reading the things like, oh, well, it's going to take me a week before I can even get the shit in the oven. <laughs> and then I was like, well, with the ingredients that I have, what kind of bread can I make today? <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, I, <laughs> so I put the, the sourdough culture starter. Um, and it was good. Oh, yeah. I'm glad it turned out. I, I could definitely envision that being you in your future, though. Yeah. I'm like, sorry, kids, I can't go out with you to the movie today. I got to make my folds <laughs> on the sourdough. Exactly. I will say, and this is this was heartbreaking for me. Um, I made my second batch of sauerkraut um, uh, six weeks ago, okay. and so today I was able to sample it and did not come out good. Oh, that's it was a just shame. like watery cabbage. Oh, that <laughs> like, sucks. Especially six weeks of waiting. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I, a little I, heartbreaking. I, yeah. yeah, yeah. I bought a package of fancy hot dogs and stuff, and mm. having lunch today, and 
too much water, not enough salt, and mm -hmm. it was just, it was, I dumped it out, and uh, next week, and I'll try again, so seven weeks from now, hopefully, <laughs> I'm <laughs> doing a happy dance. Yeah, so, so we're around so. maybe like, a, with with our recording schedule, maybe when we're around, say, episode 18 or so, yeah. uh, 18, 19, <laughs> something like that, then maybe Brent can update you on his next <laughs> sauerkraut <laughs> efforts. <Exactly. laughs> yeah. Well. Yeah, I definitely could imagine you being someone who canned a lot of your own preserves and whatnot. Uh, you have done some of that in the past, yeah, right? Yeah, I have. So. Um, I made a nice uh, pear jalapeno salsa once and canned that. Well, I, uh, I'll definitely stop by your house if I need any, uh, yeah. you know, anything during the apocalypse. Yeah. So, <laughs> so that happened. Um, um, so our, you know, mutual acquaintance, Katie, had gotten us a, a case of pears for Christmas. Like everybody on our team, we got a case of pears in the mail. Mm, okay. And and they were good and everything, but I thought it was like some fruit of the month club thing. And I was like, I better do something with these pears because the <laughs> clock's ticking. The next box is showing up, but it was just a one time only yeah. shipment. <laughs> so, but I made like this pear jalapeno salsa, got it canned and everything like that. And I was like, I'm ready for my next shipment of pears. I got this process down, and they never arrived. <laughs> it was not to be. Right? It was not. Now, did you try the salsa? No, it was really good. It was really, really good. It, and um, like I gave a jar to um, my father-in-law and everything. And like, sounds intriguing. It was good, but it was one of those things. Like it never occurred to me to ask Katie. Like, so when my pair is showing up again, <laughs> I just sort of like the next month nothing happened. I was like, ooh, maybe it got lost in the mail. Then the following month, I was like, nope. this is not, it's <laughs> not a fishes and loaves situation. I like the idea that you thought that you got signed up for not only a fruit of the month club, but one that just sent you pears every month. <laughs> <laughs> like a crate of pears yeah. per month club. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Like I'm not I'm not in the gift basket industry. <laughs> but it seems like that would be a hard sell. Well, it's it, it, it made sense to me because I was like, oh, that's probably like the least expensive fruit. Ah. <laughs> like, like nobody signing up for the pair of the month. <laughs> so you think she got like a Groupon on it and send that out to each of her team? Well, like uh, at the time I was reporting to her, so I thought maybe the company had paid for it. Ah, uh, okay. Like a, yeah, just like, a... like they gave her a stipend to buy Christmas gifts for mm -hmm. her people, and that's what she got. Or us. Yeah. Because other people got Do you guys like the uh, um, Hostess apple pies? Sure, occasionally, okay. I guess. Yeah. Pears. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. They, they do they do apples for uh, the sauce and stuff in uh -huh. there, but I think the actual fruit inside is all pears. Mm. Interesting. This gives you a, enough texture and close yep. enough to the apple flavor. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, I mean, it, basically, all you're tasting, like you said, is all that uh, goo mm -hmm. that's inside there with it. So. Yep. Yeah, I would probably say that ninety eight point nine percent of the pears I've had in my life mm -hmm. have either been in fruit cocktail or jello. Oh really? Yeah. So you've had so many pears in your life that even that crate of pears that you got from Katie <laughs> wasn't enough to get more than one point one percent of your lifetime pear intake? Yeah, like when I was a kid I ate the hell out of fruit cocktail oh. and jello. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'd have to still think your number is a little bit off. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of hard. <laughs> <laughs> Just pull 
pulling figures out of my ass here. I don't know. I'm just saying the overwhelming majority of the pairs I've had in my life been either fruit cocktails or jello. I, can, I can agree with that. That perhaps 75%, but not 98.5. No, it's definitely closer to 98 than it is to 75. He's, he's jumping up on his uh, statistics high horse, but he was bad-mouthing uh, our uh, geometry talk last yeah, night. Yeah, yeah. Like, I would say that, like, I got 24 pairs in that case. Mm-hmm. Outside of those 24 pairs, I've never had a pair outside of. <laughs> <laughs> like, have you ever bitten into a pear like it's an apple or something? Sure, yeah. I've eaten pears before. Uh, and I've eaten canned pears that are just, you know, like pears in a can with no other fruit as part of it. Um, I haven't had to add something else in there to make it a cocktail. <laughs> <laughs> a little tiny umbrella. Right. So I think that, it, and, and you figure too in a cup of fruit cocktail, I guess I don't know, like maybe your mom was just out there making you a big bowl of fruit cocktail that you <laughs> doled out for the week that was pear heavy to begin with. <laughs> you know, <laughs> my parents would always pick out the the good fruits. <laughs> uh, so it's like your sister would get all the cherries exactly. and you get the pears and peaches. Exactly. Exactly. It's like, here's a garbage fruit for our garbage child. <laughs> That's a little rough there. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I don't Harsh think... Uh, yeah. I wouldn't think like cantaloupe or watermelon would work well with the jellos. Yeah, yeah, I'm probably a little too stiff. I would yeah. think. Yeah, <laughs> I think they would just float right to the bottom too. Yeah, but did you know. say float to the bottom? I, I sink to the bottom. <laughs> I guess. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> well, I like to flip mine upside down. So. Understood. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Pair upside down Jello. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's a Bidwell family delicacy. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I've eaten at least ninety three percent of my pears <laughs> through my upside down Jello. <laughs> Now, do you see how this conversation is better than your two conversation last week about the tangent? (laughs) That was an excellent bring back, by the way. (laughs) But anyway, you can hear more about this on our new new podcast, Pear Talk with Brent Allen, (laughs) featuring Ski. Sparsely. (laughs) Two pears with a pod. Yeah. (laughs) Accurate, at least on my part. It's a pear pear. Yeah. (laughs) It could be the pear pear, and we could have all pears on there as our primary guest. We could could corner the pear market in all of its spellings. I like it. Anyways, just call I, it O pair. <laughs> <laughs> Did you hear me say O pair earlier? Okay, I, just, I didn't know if you were in your own world when I said it, or if you were just adding on. <laughs> My face hurts from laughing now. Well, well that's good. Hopefully, our <laughs> killing me. Yeah. <laughs> now you feel my pain. <laughs> exactly. Um, all right, so you ready to kick off the episode now? Hopefully, uh, our great expectations have been met. <laughs> I think it's gonna fall flat. In exactly, exactly, people. I mean, like the listening audience at home. Like, even if they don't laugh anymore for the rest of the episode, it's fine because they're playing with the house's money. Right? Yeah. <laughs> they got. The- they got their enjoyment. You've had your pound of flesh. <laughs> exactly. What more do you want from us? 
is the whole, are you not entertained? <laughs> so, <laughs> I was heading home the other night, um, and it's, I think I sent you a message about this even. Um, like, if I have just, like, my new thing, if I have, like, a especially shitty <laughs> evening or whatever, I swing by Little Caesars. Oh, yeah. Um, you get and your Batman calzone. <laughs> exactly, or something. And then, like, it was an especially bad night. And so I also got a couple orders of wings oh, okay. and took them home to the wife. And so we're having our shitty pizza and our wings. <laughs> and have you ever had um, the Little Caesars wings? I don't think so. It just doesn't sound appetizing <laughs> at all. So, like... <laughs> they're like these, they're the tiniest <laughs> little drumettes you can imagine. <laughs> like they are like little, like s- way smaller than like the tip of your thumb, like from oh, that no. joint. You know, and there's a tiny little bone in there. <laughs> and my wife was like, they're chicken Exactly. She was like, what sort of like sacrificial chicken was this? She's like, this is like some, like, bring me your firstborn chicken. <laughs> and then I was like, hey, we ain't got no groans, but we got exactly. some chicks left. Yeah. And I was like, render under Little Caesar. What is Little Caesar? Right. That's good. And she thought that was the funniest thing I'd ever that, said. I, that's, I don't know. I mean, you've said a lot of funny things, but that certainly deserves yeah. special mention. Yeah. Um, it almost reminds me, like, just the idea of thinking of you two eating these tiny chicken yeah. wings. It makes me think of, like, when Tom Hanks was trying to eat the corn off yeah. of, like, the baby ear of corn. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> big. Exactly. Yeah. See, that's something that, that's a picture you should post on, <laughs> on the Instagram. Tiny corn. What's that? Tom Cruise eating tiny corn. Did I say corn? Tom Cruise or Tom Hanks? Oh, Tom Hanks, yeah. Well, no, you, you just your tiny chicken. Yeah. <laughs> your tiny chicken. Uh, um, Drumsticks. Yeah. Uh, but I know you need to speak truth to power there at the Little Caesars <laughs> conglomerate. Um, Those people got it bad. <laughs> well, because I, I, I guess what I'd sent you was there's a little signs like, please be nice to our workers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Is that where that was at? <laughs> yeah, it was at the, was at the Little Caesars. And I, like, I was feeling really bad at myself. And then I was like, Man, how shitty of a day did the Little Caesars have where they had to put up a sign (laughs) saying, be nice to us. (laughs) It's like, if you don't want your pizza to taste like salty tears. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) You know. Exactly, exactly. It's one of those things that be nice to us. That way, your pizza can taste like Carl's balls yeah. the way it normally does. Oh no! Now, <laughs> <laughs> oh, good times. Yeah. Well, we're at the twenty-minute mark. Yeah. <laughs> Great expectations of me. Yep. Playing with the house's money. Right. <laughs> For those of you who have forgotten, <laughs> Season 5, Episode 14, entitled Great Expectations. Uh, original air date was January 13th, 1990, so we're, we're officially in the 90s. Mm-hmm. I think we were for the last yeah, one. Yeah, last week it was yeah. January 6th. Yeah. Uh, this one's written by Robert the Bruce and mm-hmm. Martin Weiss, mm-hmm. uh, directed by Terry Hughes. Oh, yeah. Uh, so we open in the living room. We see Blanche... Uh, She's not really in the living room very long. She walks from her room 
uh, in full glam cowgirl gear. She enters the kitchen and asks Dorothy if uh, she's happened to borrow her pearl-handled six-shooter pistol. Right. Uh, Dorothy tells her she looks ridiculous, but Blanche disagrees, stating that's appropriate attire for attending a barbecue with a, a man she knows from Amarillo, Tux- <coughs> Amarillo Texas. Sorry. Mm-hmm. She calls her and tells her that, uh, or he calls and tells her that he threw out his back and while putting on his boots, and uh, he's currently in traction for mm-hmm. a slip disc. Blanche takes this news poorly, as though uh, she is the victim in this situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, she states that she's been having multiple problems with dates lately and believes it may be because she's simply been going out with men that are uh, too old. Yeah, I mean, it does seem like, based on what she describes, um, it does seem like Blanche is dating men that are at least five or more years older than what yeah. she would actually realistically be. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I would think that you'd want to, you know, lower that average down a little bit, especially with the kind of guy she's going after. Yeah, well, I think or would desire, I should say. Yeah, well, I think it's one of those things that, you know, she's looking for a man, you know, who's, you know, fit and healthy and everything. And I'm sure they are when they meet her. But then, you know, she puts enough mileage on them. That <laughs> so it's like basically they start off as a brand new car and then you sell them exactly. to the rental car company. Exactly. <laughs> and then people just ride them hard and put away wet. Exactly. His disc was fine before she <laughs> gave the pounding. Well, fair enough. At least then he earned his slip disc. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, I think she's uh, looking for men that are also, you know, almost... But many of them well to do, mm-hmm. or at least pretty comfortable. Yeah, and maybe uh, the sixty range, they're they're already starting to retire and stuff, so they have a lot more free time to devote to her. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. Instead of like you know rounding out the end of their working life, or yeah. Something, yeah. So Dorothy prote- <clears throat> protests that Blanche is doing and says that she's doing it to herself. She points out that uh, she's been dating a, a man recently named Stephen mm-hmm. for about six weeks, and then when they're Relationships started getting more serious. She dumped him. And apparently that's been a, uh, a trend with her lately with mm. several men. Blanche dismisses her theory and just kind of walks off to the other side of the room. Just then Rose enters the kitchen, uh, cheerier than normal. Dorothy points out that you know, she's unusually upbeat. And uh, Rose states that she's joined a positive uh, reinforcement group that encourages the use of positive thinking to improve mm. your life. Right. She tells Dorothy that they're having a meeting that evening and invites her to join. Dorothy shoots down the idea, but not with a pearl handle six-shooter. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> stating that those uh, meetings are for uh, gullible people that want easy answers. Right. Rose tells Dorothy that her speech is uh, very often closed-minded and that she uh, ought to check it out and she might learn something. Mm-hmm. Dorothy uh, agrees to go and Blanche chimes in and says she'll go too. And Sophia just seems to be along for the ride. Right. Uh, we changed scenes. Now, wait a second. Before you go on, you, you did a nice summary of that, but there were a lot of lines that I thought were excellent in that first scene um, that, you, that you had uh, skipped out on. There was one where, you know, Blanche is complaining about the not having the gun to put in her holster. Right. And, and makes the uh, observation that uh, what's the point of wearing this um, if I have nothing to put in, have nothing to put in it. And Sophia replies that she thinks the same thing every morning when she puts on a bra. (laughs) (laughs) That was a good line. I also like, too, where uh, I alluded to this in my intro, but uh, when Rose comes in, you know, all happy and and on top of the world, she says that uh, it's like life is a giant weenie roast and she's the biggest weenie. (laughs) (laughs) 
Uh, and then uh, I like to, I, I can't remember which one of the girls uh, replied, but I think it was Sophia said no argument from this corner. Um, yes, <laughs> I believe you're right. And then uh, there was one other one in that opening part that I thought was great. Uh, this is actually my favorite line of the episode. But Sophia, or when Rose is trying to convince Sophia to go to the meeting, uh, she says, remember, today is the first day of the rest of your life. And Sophia replies, terrific. If I'm lucky, I may live to be seven. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, I thought there was a, a, a lot of solid lines in that opening, yeah, agreed. Uh, opening scene. Yeah. yeah, that last Sophia line was definitely good. And then just as a side note or whatever, um, when Rose had said that, you know, she was the biggest weenie, mm-hmm. um, did you did you ever watch the um, the little Mickey Mouse shorts that were on Disney? Sure, yeah. Um, the Betty White one, um, was, uh, there was the hot dog one, and she was like, you know, that dirty dog and, you know, different oh, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, but there's a line in there where he's like, weenies all in. <laughs> <laughs> and it just reminded me of Betty White's little cameo. In there. Yeah, I thought it was a solid opening scene yeah. overall. Indeed, I definitely yeah. agree. Uh, we change the scene, though. We see uh, the camera sh- uh, kind of pointed at a sign that says, create your own happiness. Mm. And a crowd of very smiley people are uh, getting seated in the meeting room. Like they've already created their own happiness. Yeah, yeah. it appears so. Including a very smiley rose. Mm. It almost looks like a fake smile. Yeah. Well, everybody in the room looks a little overly happy in yeah. there. A little pod people-esque. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think they even make a joke about that. They do. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Dorothy and Sophia enter the room and get seated. Uh, Dorothy explains that Blanche had seen a man uh, smiling at her in the hallway. Uh, she'll probably be in there later. Sophia points out that everyone in there is smiling and says that she hasn't seen so many goofy smiles since the, quote, Great denture swap at Shady Pines, mm. which I thought was pretty funny. Yeah. A lady dressed in a uh, red power suit named Mary Ellen walks in and goes up to the podium at the front of the room. Uh, the room greets her with a big, you're special. <laughs> and she returns the sentiment, saying that each of them is special because they're so unique. Dorothy makes a comment about, uh, kind of just under her breath, about how obvious that statement is. But Rose then stands up and asks her to repeat it. As she is lost. Yeah. Mary Ellen tells her that uh, they'll discuss it after the lecture, just like last week. <laughs> she asks if there are any uh, new guests, and Rose immediately uh, points out Dorothy and Sophia, much to their chagrin. They uh, stand up and introduce themselves. Dorothy gives her real name, and Sophia claims that her name is Melanie Griffith. Mm-hmm. For those of you who don't know, she's a famous actress. <laughs> big in the 80s and 90s. Uh, I guess fair. We probably have a couple young listeners that might not know Melanie Griffith offhand. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was Dor- married to Nash Bridges. <laughs> was she really? Don Johnson. Oh, yeah. Okay, very nice. <laughs> if you want to call back to that, do <laughs> 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 our last episode. <laughs> Antonio Banderas, right? I don't uh, know. Yes, she was married to him too. No, wait, who? Antonio Banderas. Who Melanie Griffith. Melanie Griffith. Yeah, yeah, she was married to him after Nash Bridges. Check her out. He was, put, <laughs> he was pussing boots. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know all the hits. <laughs> he was in Brian DeFalco's Spin the Cow. Oh, it was? Mm-hmm. I haven't seen that, as we discussed in a prior episode. Yeah. <laughs> Still haven't. Don't know what you've been up to. <laughs> I know you left me down here for three hours. <laughs> <laughs> I may not be a fireman, but sometimes I have to put out fires nonetheless. <laughs> Uh, I may not be a fireman, but I still carry the hose. (laughs) (laughs) Just rolled up now. (laughs) 
Well, that's why I don't bring my Dalmatian around you. <laughs> uh, Dorothy states that uh, they're not really guests so much as they are observers. Right. And that uh, such groups uh, don't really interest her. Mary Ellen kind of jumps right in there and replies that she must uh, be a cynic that looks at life's uh, harsh reality versus the good things around her. Mm. Uh, she says that uh, those attitudes are often introduced at an early age, and she assumes in her case must have come from Sophia. Right. But, <laughs> Melanie, I guess. Right. <laughs> uh, Dorothy says that uh, she sees the lecture as a show and uh, that uh, people tend to deny how hard life can actually be. Mm-hmm. Mary Ellen asks if she'll at least stay until the end and listen to what they have to say. Dorothy agrees. Yeah, there was a... I, I like there at the end of that part, you know, and everybody's kind of, you know, giving her the stink eye. Uh-huh. And Rose leans over and says, I think everybody really likes you, Dorothy. <laughs> that was great. Uh, but there was part of that little soliloquy that, um, you know, or monologue, whatever you want to call it, that uh, Mary Ellen gave. Uh-huh. That, like, I never saw you this way, Ski, but then there was part of it I was like, well, maybe Ski's much more of a cynic or pessimist than I thought. Go for it. Because uh, she goes into... You know, I see. So your uh, your thing is sitting on the sidelines and playing the cynic, bursting a child's balloon so he'll learn about the harshness of life early. Um, and and ski famously when we were in high school, mm-hmm. uh, somebody dared him to go destroy a young child's kite, really? to which he went and did it. Oh wow! <laughs> that was yeah. just an a hole then. And uh, then more so than immediately regretted his decision and started trying to help the child fix the kite that he had just destroyed. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that was probably the last time Ski gave in to peer pressure. <laughs> um, but uh, but you know, I guess that maybe it, maybe that's when he started stopped pointing out what's wrong with the world rather than what's right about it. <laughs> I was what was wrong, Al. Exactly. And now it's all turned around. You're Mary Ellen now. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Blanche enters and finds a seat next to the girls. She kind of say what? There's a line in Justified, one of my all-time favorite shows, um, in um, uh, Timothy Oliphant's like, you meet an asshole on your way to work, you met an asshole. You meet assholes all day long, you're the asshole. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I recently finished up Book of Boba Fett and oh, you yeah. know got to the parts where he's in it. And yeah. yeah, he's really good in that one. Yeah, he's yeah. just great in everything. Yeah, he is. And you guys finished Santa Clarita Diet? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it was solid. It was disappointing that it ended prematurely. Yeah, but it was a solid show, even with uh, kind of leaving it hanging a bit. You yeah. said it wasn't a very long show, right? Three two seasons, seasons. Two, three, three seasons. seasons. Yeah, but not a lot of episodes, like maybe thirty episodes total or yeah. less, something like that. At first, all you went thirty per season. I was like, <laughs> yeah, that seems like a lot. Just uh... ninety-one hour episodes. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. um, no, but it's yeah. yeah, probably like I said, around thirty yeah. total episodes ish. Um, you should watch Justified. Yeah, it definitely is on my list because I just, I don't think he was ever on my radar until the podcast about him. Well, no, I think it was, um, well, that was part of it for sure. Yeah. And then he played a part in The Good Place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, you know, I liked him in that and then saw him in a couple other things mm-hmm. since that, Sam Creed yeah. Diet and then, of course, Boba Fett and then yeah. a couple other things too. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I've just really become a big fan. So now mm-hmm. I want to watch Justified because. Yeah. Because of that. Yeah. First thing so, I ever yeah. really saw him in, he was, it was like a zombie movie. I forget what the name of the, the show was. Mm-hmm. But it was one of those, I think they had like the fast zombies. Oh, okay. Kind of run at you. Was Drew Barrymore in it? No, I don't think so. Was that saying clear to die? Yeah, Drew no. Barrymore does play a zombie in no, that. No, but this, it's, it's like a, a 
a bad, like a dystopian future type oh, movie okay. where things go wrong. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, zombie movies, things usually have gone wrong. <laughs> <laughs> it's all to plan, all to right. plan. No, but uh, I, I remember it specifically because at first I thought it was Johnny Knoxville. Yeah. Because oh, they look so similar. Yeah. But not, no, it's not so much now because Johnny Knoxville's got significantly more wear on him. <laughs> yeah. Did you guys see The Dead Don't Die? No, I haven't seen that. <sighs> Such a great zombie movie. Came out two, three years ago, I guess now. That's it's really good. Put it on my list. Yeah, Bill Murray's in it. It's so good. Is that the one with the Boy Scouts or something? Never mind. Sorry, folks. <laughs> Moonrise Kingdom? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> That's a Bill Murray movie with some Boy Scouts. There was one movie that came out not too long ago. I saw at least part of it. it was like, I think I was flipping through stations. And I thought I had Bill Murray and, and like guys that were dressed up like in camping gear, like the Boy yeah. Scouts. Was Edward Norton in it? Is it Stripes? <laughs> <laughs> it was zombie-related. Oh, okay. Frances McDormand, was she in it? I don't know. Were there two kids in love? What do you no, I don't know. I don't know. Was it an episode of Saturday Night Live? I'm guessing it's <laughs> no to all these questions. <laughs> did it feature a song about asking who you would call if there was something strange? It did. <laughs> it did. <laughs> was there part of it that felt like it was maybe lost in translation? <laughs> was he on a submarine? <laughs> was he a sailboat captain? Yeah, he did have a weird hat. Yeah. Okay. That's a good one. <laughs> All right, well, let's move on from Bill Murray talk. <laughs> Bill Murray and Ski's Mind was in a movie with Boy Scouts and zombies. Uh-huh. If you can name that movie, then you win a free Golden Girls He was in another sticker. movie. He was in uh, Zombieland. Yeah, that's true. I think he was in both of them, wasn't he? Was, yeah. yeah. So uh, Blanche enters and finds a seat next to the girls. She kind of crouches down and says how she uh, feels silly hanging out with all these grinning idiots uh, mm-hmm. when she could just have been uh, hanging out with Steve in her life still. Suggesting that they go ahead and head out now. Dorothy explains that they had promised to stay till the end. <clears throat> and Sophia then tells her not to doze off, saying, That's when they put the pods, uh, when the pods take over your body. Right. I almost, uh, if I had more time this morning when I was working on stuff, I was going to put a sub synopsis about invasion of the body snatchers. Oh. <laughs> had you been Brent, you might have, <laughs> but, but you wouldn't have gone into a deep dive because time wouldn't have allowed. That's right. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> But, uh, you know, you guys both watched it. Is that what he looks like in it? No. Brent just showed him a picture of a Kentucky Fried Chicken commercial. (laughs) 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 Was that Moonrise Kingdom? Yeah. That you were showing me? Yeah. All right. Anyway, so uh, the next day, Dorothy approaches Sophia and tells her that she thinks there may actually have been something uh, substantial about the positive uh, thinking program they had attended. She discusses that uh, the night before she wrote down a lengthy list of things that make her upset. I think she said it was over 180 pages or something. Right? Yeah. <laughs> she uh, used an example of a uh, leaky faucet where she could hear it dripping and it brought uh, negative thoughts into her head while she was trying to sleep. Sophia uses uh, some anecdotal evidence about a cousin Federico, an alcoholic relative, uh, to help warn against overanalyzing life's ups and downs. Blanche and uh, Stephen then enter. And uh, they they all greet one another and say, mm-hmm. hey, it's good to see you again, because this is the first time we see him. We just heard about him before. He uh, asks if he can go grab a drink, because he uh, must have, quote, sweat off 10 pounds today uh, since they are wearing tennis attire. Dorothy just assumes that he means by playing tennis. Mm-hmm. Blanche and Stephen unconvincingly agree, oh, yeah, 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 from 
from playing tennis. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's it. Yeah. He goes to get a drink from the kitchen, and Blanche tells the girls uh, that now he's fully over his ex, Karen, mm-hmm. uh, that their relationship has become new and exciting. Dorothy thinks that uh, maybe she should look up one of her old exes, or, and uh, Sophia quickly says, not Stan, yeah. the other one. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure which other one she's referring to. Well, I think the joke was is that and she's just her past two. lovers. Yeah, it's just, I guess Rocco. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we see Dorothy come into the living room telling Rose and Sophia that she has incredible news. Mm. Sophia quips back, you've been traded by the Rams. <laughs> which at that point, I think they're probably still in L.A., right? That, I in 90? So. Let's yeah. see, in 90, because they went from L.A., and then they St. went Louis, to St. Louis and, and then, then back. back to LA. Mm-hmm. But yeah, 1990, they probably were still in L.A. Uh, Dorothy tells a story about how she usually gets uh, poor cuts of meat from a butcher with four fingers, mm-hmm. but today she uh, stayed positive and then got good cuts of lunch meat. Mm-hmm. Sophia is skeptical skeptical about this correlation, but Dorothy says uh, that she believes the positive attitude really is making small improvements in her daily life. Blanche comes out wearing black and yellow suit, asking how she looks for the dog races. I thought she looked like a bee. <laughs> Sophia asks if she'll be competing. Blanche <laughs>, laughs off Mr. the Mr. Blackwell over there. Blanche laughs off the comments talking about how happy <laughs> she has been lately with Stephen. The phone then rings and Blanche answers. While she's on the phone, Dorothy uh, excitedly talks about how Blanche also took a positive step in her life. <laughs> Brent just uh, <laughs> just just expired, <laughs> but we'll continue. <laughs> the show must go on. All right. She uh, talks about how Blanche had taken uh, a positive step in her life, and things have improved for her. She tells her mother, you know, that she's going to go find a kind man that has eyes only for her. Mm-hmm. Sophia reminds her that she got the good lunch meat, <laughs> so you know, don't push it. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was a, actually a pretty pretty wise line from Sophia. <laughs> but I think that if you look for the small victories in life, yeah. then you probably will be you know, yeah, much more likely to be happy. That's actually probably a, a good portion of the positive thinking. I was right. Saying. But yeah, if you're going out there looking for a perfect mate or any oh, other large shoot, perfect shoot thing. Shooting into the high. Yeah. If you expect disappointment, you'll never be disappointed. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, set the bar low, and you'll probably clear it. <laughs> From Spider-Man. Yeah. <laughs> Blanche hangs up the phone and turns to the girls and tells them that it was the hospital calling and that Stephen had a heart attack. Mm-hmm. I've got a little notation saying, I'm not really sure why the hospital called her, as maybe a family member would have made more sense, but well, maybe... Maybe he asked him to That's call what her. I was thinking. Yeah. I don't necessarily think that it was just like, well, let's just find a woman in the phone book. <laughs> um, <laughs> unless he had like her, because it wouldn't have had cell phones contact. or anything. Yeah. 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 So I guess he would probably have given it her number. And we find out later his ex wife's number <laughs> has contact options. Yeah. Was the ex wife or, or ex girlfriend? Yeah, ex girlfriend, you're right. Yeah. Ex person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. His ex. Well, it may have been one of those things that he had given <laughs> them Blanche's number many days prior mm-hmm. and she never showed up. Well, back and then so, he had to memorize numbers, too, so he would have had it on his mind. Mm-hmm. Oh, true. Yeah. yeah. No uh, more fresh. I'm sure after a day or two, he's like, fine, go ahead and call Catherine Karen, or Karen. Karen. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Dorothy volunteers to take her to the hospital after uh, she probably shouldn't be driving after such news. Blanche uh, walks off to the kitchen saying that she's not really sure she'll be going. Mm-hmm. The girls follow her because they're confused by this statement. Rose says that if uh, someone she cared about was in the hospital, she'd go straight there. Blanche pours a drink for herself and tells the girls that uh, 
She's been trying real hard to keep the relationship casual, but if she visits him in the hospital, it'll kind of cement them as a couple. She says, you know, there'll be no way out. Rose claims that she's being silly, as all she has to do, follow the orange line in the hall, leads right to the elevators. I wonder if that's really a thing. It's something I've certainly never noticed in a hospital. Yeah. Uh, but I'll have to keep an eye out for that. Line, it was a good line. Yeah, I wrote that one down. <laughs> I don't down think too. it's a current thing, but maybe at the time it was. Yeah, it could have been. Now we have these little signs that say exit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Back then they didn't have that fancy technology. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Do you guys know that some of the very first exit signs uh, were, they've always, they, not always, but a long time they glow in the dark. Mm-hmm. They used to use radium. Oh, really? You yeah. know why they got rid of that? Uh, I'm, I'm assuming the cancer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not, not good for people. Yeah. But it glows in the dark, so they... Mm-hmm. You see um, more and more, they don't say exit. It has like a little pictogram of a guy going out a door, mm-hmm. or like heading down or whatever, uh, just because with, you know, English no longer, not a guarantee that's going to be the primary language. Mm-hmm. You know, you need to let people know go through it. And they're also no longer as likely to be read. Because, you know, if, if you see red, you're like, ooh, that's a warning. And uh-huh. if you can't read English, you don't know it says exit. You just see, like, a red sign. You're like, oh, I shouldn't go through there. Oh, uh, yeah, that's true. I thought Good you were point. thinking, I thought you were going to say, because red means stop in other contexts. But yeah, 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 I guess exactly. that's same, thing, same, yeah. same yeah. logic. Yeah. Uh, Blanche yeah. clarified. I like pictograms. Yeah. <laughs> There's a big push for that in a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It's supportive. Blanche uh, clarifies that maybe she uh, shouldn't be coupling up with a man that's 60 years old with a a bad heart. Yeah. Dorothy reminds her that, you know, life has no guarantees and you take chances with any decision. Mm -hmm. She should also point out that, you know, Blanche has tried to date a younger man Mm -hmm. and they made fun of her for that. That's true, yeah. That's a good point, yeah. Blanche sits and uh, says that she wishes she knew what to do. Sophia, of course, just takes it as her cue. Tells the story of a beautiful Sicilian girl in 1912 who meets a poor Spanish painter. They have a brief but passionate time together, during which he paints her portrait. Mm-hmm. When she sees the painting that looks nothing like her, uh, she is uh, insulted and leaves him forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was Pablo Picasso. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I do enjoy all of her stories that involve her having narrowly missed you know, a relationship or whatever situation with a famous person. Right. <laughs> I, I enjoy those more than Blanche's lies about sleeping with famous people. Yeah. So. My favorite part of those stories of her interacting with famous people mm-hmm. is when, you know, three years later we get a payoff and we get to have a frozen pizza. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so three years from now, <laughs> if there was an original Picasso painting sitting in here, we aren't going to complain. <laughs> How about a Picasso recreation? <laughs> not as not as enticing. <laughs> credible facsimile. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe not credible, but like yeah, maybe eh. incredible though. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, Dorothy turns her head in disbelief from her mom's comment. She turns. Uh, she tells her mother that she feels that she's lying. Rose reminds her to stay positive. So Dorothy says, "I'm positive you're lying." Yeah. Ultimately, Blanche uh, decides to put herself first and doesn't go to the hospital. Sophia calls her out for her tendency to be selfish. Mm-hmm. So not, then she says something like, oh, there's a change of person. Yeah, <laughs> yeah what she said. Uh, yeah, something along those lines. Like that's, that's so unlike you. Right. Change scene again. Uh, Dorothy enters the house and tells Rose that despite trying to stay uh, upbeat, her day was lousy. Rose tells her that, you know, during such times, such rough times, it's most important to hold on to your faith. Mm-hmm. 
She tells the story of uh, St. Olaf's greatest explorer. Isn't that what she called him? Yeah, I believe so. He had uh, gone in search uh, to, to Florida for the fountain of intelligence. Mm-hmm. That's clearly a uh, point at the, the fountain of youth, right? Oh, yeah, I would Constellion. assume so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Constellion, Constellion. <laughs> uh, Sounds like a, a line from a song. <laughs> it's a little Beastie Boys. Oh, I figured. <laughs> which, which song is that? Uh, I'm curious. I don't remember what it's from. If you don't remember, it's okay, though. <laughs> it's very unusual for you not to remember immediately, yeah. so I don't want you to break yourself. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna hurt myself. That's but all. You'll, you'll in. chime in at the end of the episode. Exactly. You'll be like, oh yeah, sweating like Rose when she has a thought. <laughs> all this is staying in. Yeah, <laughs> fumble it over, right. boy lyric. Or maybe I'll just have the part where Ski says, "If you don't know, it's okay." <laughs> <laughs> So she apparently this uh, this explorer took a wrong turn. I forget where she sat at the Duluth maybe, mm-hmm. and then the back somehow in the back in the Saint Olaf right. uh, during the winter, he saw uh, water springing from the ground and uh, drank it because he was thirsty and hungry. However, it turned out to be a broken sewer pipe, and he died later of cholera. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Dorothy doesn't see the point about uh, how it ties into faith, but Rose explains that through it all he had faith. Yeah, you know, and believe that he'd learn. You know that he'd achieve his goal. Right. And later said he thought he'd even learn from his experience. Blanche enters, uh, and they are surprised to see her. She was supposed to be going on a date, uh, but apparently she had canceled that date. Dorothy says it's uh, likely because she misses Stephen, and Blanche agrees. Dorothy convinces her to go ahead and go to the hospital, and Blanche thanks her friend, saying, "You know, that she always gives her good advice about dealing with men." Uh, proving that wisdom doesn't necessarily come from experience. Yeah, yeah, I thought that was a solid line from Blanche. Uh, we change scenes. We see Blanche in her hospital room uh, where a woman is crying in a chair. She asks if uh, he's okay, and the lady explains that you know, she just sees, hates seeing him in this condition and that uh, she is his wife. Blanche tells her that he claimed his wife died years ago. Upon hearing this, the lady stands up, walks over to the uh, bed, which is encircled by a curtain, mm-hmm. uh, kind of pulls it open a little bit and proceeds to yell at the man uh, that they're over and he'll be hearing from her lawyer. All right. She tells Blanche that she can have him and storms out. When Blanche walks over, to the, she parts the curtain as well, realizing immediately that it's not Stephen's bed. <laughs> yeah. Hearing the voice, Stephen calls her over to another bed, which is in the room. Uh, she apologizes to the man, whose marriage is now ruined, and uh, jogs over to Stephen's bed. She yeah. That's, I think there'd be a way to clear that up. Well, yeah, I would think so. But also the uh, the way that that hospital room is set up, like that seems almost torturous. Yeah, because they don't <laughs> have a TV. Always, yeah. Well, and they're in this like little enclosed space to where they can't see anything outside of like essentially the space that their bed takes up. Yeah. I mean, it seems like some sort of a you know really unpleasant experience for sure. <laughs> I'm like, what's the thing? Uh, solitary confinement is yeah, what it feels almost. like. Or like uh, what's it what's it called where you're trying a uh, sensory deprivation? Yeah, <laughs> it was from the sounds of science. Ah, uh, Brent didn't remember that he looked it up. I did look it up. <laughs> I did look it up. But we did that one. We quoted that one previously. Oh, do because I remember saying expand on the horizon and expand on the parameters, uh. expand on the lines, and suck at MC amateurs. <laughs> I remember dropping that one before. Mm. So we have <laughs> talked about the sounds of science before. Uh, she pulls open the curtain to the new bed, uh, basically all the way. 
And uh, he asks, you know, how she's doing. She says, no, no, how are you doing? Uh, Stephen tells her that uh, the doctor told him he needs to kind of live a dull, unexciting life for a while while he heals. Excuse <clears throat> me. He thanks her for the flowers that she sent. Mm-hmm. She says it was the least that he could do, and he agrees. <laughs> yeah. She apologizes for not coming to see him sooner and uh, kind of reminisces how, about how much fun they've had uh, together, citing a particularly spicy night on the beach. While she's talking, his heart monitor begins to chirp more rapidly with his increase in heart rate. A nurse rushes in and Blanche apologizes, saying it won't happen again right. until he gets out of the hospital. Mm-hmm. You're going to ask the candy striper for some King George. <laughs> <laughs> uh, before she can uh, continue, he stops her and tells her that he is now back with Karen. Right. Uh, he says that she had come to visit him as soon as she found out he was in the hospital. He continues that uh, she was there when he needed him, or when he needed her, uh, and that they realize how much they still care for one another. Blanche, clearly upset, says that she's very happy for him, but immediately restates that she just feels stupid. Tells him uh, that uh, ever since her husband passed, she's afraid to commit to anyone for fear, of getting, for fear of getting hurt again, which I don't think that's necessarily true. How many times has she almost been married? Yeah, it's definitely been several times. But mm-hmm. in fairness, she's never... She's never gotten married, but it seems right. like she's open for the uh, commitment issue. I think the reason she's never gotten married is because they've already been married to yeah. somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> that may be the problem. Yeah. <laughs> it was the one the guy that had uh, the grown kids, right? Yeah. Yeah, well, mm-hmm. then there was the person who was rich um, and had young kids. And that, you know, she didn't want to become, like, the, the nanny, essentially. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, she just needs to get herself another governess, like yeah. she had with her own kids. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, so she says she didn't want to get hurt again. He tells her that, uh, you know, she's a great lady and uh, that he'll miss her. They say their goodbyes. She says to him as she's walking away to remember her, and he says he'll always have the heart monitor print out to remember the, her visit. Yeah. Scene change one last time. Uh, Rose is in the kitchen and uh, asks Dorothy if she should be driving them to the uh, the group meeting that night. Dorothy tells her that she's not going and won't be returning again, uh, that the entire group and the concept itself makes her uncomfortable. Rose says she needs uh, the support of the group and tells her that uh, you know, a story about her cousin, Big Dove Frickin, who mm. attempted to compete in a three-legged race alone once. Dorothy stops her and says, I don't want to hear about your friggin' cousin. Yeah, uh, that was a funny Dorothy that, line. That was oddly my favorite line. <laughs> big, big dog frickin'. Mm-hmm. Rose says that uh, she won't be going without her, and Dorothy insists that she really shouldn't stop doing something she likes or believes in. Rose says that she's already gotten something from the uh, her time with the group, and that you know, quite frankly, she's probably gotten all that she's gonna get from it. Right. And she sweetly comments that uh, she'd rather be part of the group at home. Mm-hmm. Dorothy looks at her in the eye and tells her, you're special. You mm-hmm. know, just a throwback to the group thing. Rose thanks her and says that uh, they never would say that to her at the meetings. Yeah. Blanche enters and tells the girls that Stephen is back with his ex. <clears throat> they kind of, uh, kind of try to comfort her, but she says that it's okay. She's learned a little bit more about missed opportunities and that uh, you have to take chances in life. She has that she uh, has also met a new man uh, mm-hmm. who is in the bed next door and has recently parted with his wife. Yeah. <laughs> uh, she says that uh, he has the heart of a 25-year-old as long as his body doesn't reject it. Yeah, I thought that was an excellent callback. Mm-hmm. I mean, granted, it wasn't that far back that it was calling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, but, but come I, back to three episodes ago. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's but, a sign of quality. But I still love that line. That was one of my favorites as well. And that's where we close her out. So, uh, Brent, who was your MVP for this one? Um, I'll go ahead and go with uh, Sophia, I guess. Okay. Uh, Ski, how about you? Uh, I picked Dorothy. I said she had tried something new, which is, you know, she's not completely averse to that. But, yeah. Uh, uh, even though it didn't completely improve her life, it did expand how she sees the world. And uh, she also, she had supported Rose by going mm. in with her to that and supported Blanche with her you know, advice to how to treat Stephen. That's mm. very good. I I was wrong. It was, it was Dorothy. Did you flip-flop into Dorothy? I am. Well, I gave mine to Blanche. I thought we were going to have three separate ones this time, but, <laughs> but I, I liked Blanche's lines in the episode. I thought it was nice that at least the uh, mistake she was making was not based on old southern stereotypes it was more just based on her own yeah you know uh, challenging past so yeah. i didn't have to hold that against her mm-hmm. um, yeah but yeah so i, I like blanche in this one um i would ask how many slices of cheesecake but i forgot to go over the guest actors in that one oh. so i'll quickly interject with that um we had a uh, robert mandon he was steven yeah 156 titles yeah. to his name yep um he was in uh 76 episodes as Chester Tate in the yeah. show Soap. Mm-hmm. By far, I'd say his most well-known yeah. uh, acting credit. That's where him um, and Susan Thomas got together. Mm-hmm. His only episode of Golden Girls. Um, he was on one episode of a Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Of course uh, he was. As a Kotan <laughs> Padar. <laughs> so, we also had uh, Michelle Pock. She played Mary Ellen. Mm-hmm. Uh, 29 titles for her, and this was her only Golden Girls. Uh, we had Kat Sawyer. She played Woman. I'm assuming the woman who was jilted by the yeah. husband she thought was cheating yeah. on her. She looked like Marshall Wallace to me. Yeah, she looked like a young Blanche to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like they had a very similar hairstyle. Yeah. Um, Even similar clothes. Yeah. Really. She looked like this Blanche. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> she does. <laughs> Wouldn't she even wear red? Yeah. Mm, I believe so. But uh, she had 74. I'm holding uh, up the Blanche finger puppet for those of you who are not in the room. Now, have you posted a picture of the Blan- the finger nah. puppets yet? Oh, nah. That's still to come at some point, I'd imagine. Yeah, I'll get around to it. Um, but she was in I was going to two weeks ago, but then I got a picture of a loin of pork I had uh, to post. Yeah, well, it's understandable. <laughs> he sent you a picture of his loin. you got to put it out there. Mm-hmm. So. It's one of the unwritten rules. <laughs> Golden rule, if you will. Exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, 74 titles for Kat. She uh, has, this is her only Golden Girls, another Star Trek uh, credit with uh, one in Voyager. Hmm. Um, she was an astronaut Turin. Um, she also had uh, one episode of, I think... In my opinion, maybe Brent's biggest omission from mm-hmm. his uh, TV watching, mm-hmm. um, you know, background—at least recent ones, anyway. Uh, Malcolm and Eddie, uh, Breaking Breaking Bad. <laughs> oh, <laughs> uh, that's still one I can't believe that you haven't gotten around to. But uh, mm-hmm. then we also had a uh, Kathy Bennett. Do you think my the fact that I've not seen Breaking Bad trumps the fact that I've never seen like Mad Men or Sopranos? I, yeah, I think so. Because yeah. as far as I think I've Break- seen all three now, and I think Breaking Bad is definitely the best. Yeah, um, and it's also relatively short. Whereas, um, you know, Sopranos, especially with the, I don't know, maybe Sopranos is uh, similar in the overall length because I would guess HBO, yeah. even though I had more seasons, the HBO seasons are short. I'd have to think that was probably closer to ninety episodes or a hundred. Mm-hmm. Whereas Breaking Bad, I think, is only sixty. Mm-hmm. Anyways, I would still consider it. But in fairness, I have not seen either of those other two. <laughs> so, okay. but Brent has seen all three. I mean, Ski has seen all three, and he's he's agreeing with me. Have you seen Malcolm and Eddie? Have you no. heard of Malcolm and Eddie? No, no, no. neither have I. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think, like I was thinking at first, I was like, 
my brain went to Malcolm in the middle. I'm like, yeah. yeah. I'm like, wait, no, no. I don't know Malcolm in the Well, that's when they got rid of uh, of Francis and uh-huh. um, <laughs> and his younger brother, and then it just was Malcolm and Eddie. What's the youngest brother's name? Um, I think it was uh, Dewey. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I didn't know that when I started the conversation. <laughs> <laughs> but you could figure it out along the way. Yeah. Was it Dewey? Yeah, it was Dewey. Or was Dewey the brother on uh, the middle? No, no, that was Brick. Brick, that's accent. right. Okay. Yeah. Um, Susu. So then we had Susu. a... Yeah, that's right. I love Susu. She's yeah. great. Uh, we had Kathy Bennett, um, or Bendette, I should say. She was the nurse. Beignet. <laughs> Eight titles for her, and this was her only Golden Girls. Mm-hmm. So, you ever so. had a beignet? Uh, yeah, yeah, they're pretty good. Yeah. Uh, we had um, had them in Disneyland. Oh, I can see that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Have you had one of them, Julie? Yeah. Where at? Uh, I don't know, Beignet <laughs> R.S. <laughs> <laughs> you know the big <laughs> Beignet Superstore here in Indianapolis? Yeah, it's it's, it's, it's down in the Beignet District. Because <laughs> I had but we were in uh, Louisiana. We were in... Okay. Ah, uh, so, yeah. so you just wanted to ask Brent, so you could be like, yeah, yeah. guess what, asshole? No, I don't know, maybe he had gone there, too. <laughs> no, no, um, it was a I place was... in Louisville. Mm-hmm. Um, we'd gone to the zoo, and then the next morning, we'd stayed overnight, and the next morning, went to this beignet. Place. I thought we were going to share a moment, Alan, okay? <laughs> so just take your cynicism <laughs> out of here. I've not been to New Orleans. So uh, now that we've gotten, so we already have our MVPs, so who, uh, what was your rating out of eight slices of ski? I get five point five. I thought it was a pretty decent episode, uh, fairly light humor or light light subject matter. Subject, yeah, mm-hmm. and it was a funny dialogue overall. Oh, fair. And you, Brent? Um, I was like four slices and a beignet. So, <laughs> <laughs> so is that still just four slices? Because the beignet is just a, an extra on the side. No, you have to update your spreadsheet. And <laughs> <laughs> add a beignet column. <laughs> <laughs> one beignet. The first one was. <laughs> I'm just going to consider five. the conversion rate on beignets <laughs> <laughs> to slice the cheesecake. I'm going to say is a half a beignet or uh, one beignet equals a half a cheesecake. Okay. Half a slice. They're, they're, okay. <laughs> Cheesecake's heavy. Right. Beignets are light. <laughs> right. So, so we're going to say Brent gives it four and a half. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and I actually liked it quite a bit, but I did, like Ski said, it was a little light. I liked yeah. the humor a lot, but I gave it a six. Okay. So... So not going to be competing, I don't think, at the end, but I think a, a solid episode, in my yeah, opinion, exactly. overall. Yeah. I, this one, I didn't think it necessarily had a B story. It was just like two almost competing A stories. Yeah, I, I guess so. But I, I think the... I think Blanche had the A story. Yeah, I'd say. I mean, I think that hers overrode them going to the meeting and trying to improve their lives because mm-hmm. her story was even somewhat integrated into that. True, true. So, I mean, you could say life improvement was the A story. I'm, <laughs> just, I'm just saying from, like, screen time alone. Fair, yeah. yeah. But anyways... Uh, I did think, you know, I don't think gave him enough credit, but Stephen, I thought, did really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, thought just, I thought the actor did a really good job, especially as a little, like, oh, you know, at the end, <laughs> he's like <laughs> thinking about the naughty stuff. Yeah, <laughs> or and he's like, "Oh, that's the least you could do." Like, that's what I thought. <laughs> you know, and it's like, he put a little English on it. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, that, that was solid. Um, but well, anyways, uh, I think that we've covered everything for this episode. So you're special, Coco. Hey, thanks so much for downloading today. If you enjoyed that opening, you should definitely check out Ashley Jade on YouTube. She has a bunch of awesome compositions on there. If you want to get in touch, you can email us at. Sophia's Choice Podcast at gmail.com. You can also reach us on Twitter at Sophia's Choice PC. We plan to have a new episode out every Monday. If you have a moment, give us a rating on iTunes or wherever else fine podcasts are downloaded. And of course, stay golden.